0: I hated her, but I wanted to love my mother. This is Serial Killing, a podcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself... What is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello again and welcome to Serial Killing, a podcast where we go through the life stories of serial killers to see if we might catch a glimpse of why they displayed their famous, vile, and disturbing behaviors. Excuse my voice again as I've caught another cold. (laughs) Special thanks to some of my patrons, Thomas. Pahoten, Sue, Doc, Shannon, Walter, Jennifer, Elena, Elise, Ariel, Chantelle, Stacy, Jessica, my dear two Emmas, Whitney, Rachel, Alethea, Catherine, Linda, Teresa, Sophie, Nanette, David, Trudy, and John. Thank you so much, guys. You are truly appreciated. And for anyone else, please feel free to join my patron. Like, share, and subscribe. It just might help our little community grow. And if you happen to watch on YouTube and also use Spotify, consider watching on Spotify instead as they have been kind enough to sponsor me and, well, we all know how YouTube treats us. But my podcasts are all written with the listener only in mind, so nothing is missed. Today's podcast will be on William Bonin, otherwise known as the Freeway Killer. Now this one comes with my disclaimer disclaimer because it involves the assault and murder of children. So if you need to sit this one out, it's all good. William George Bonin was born on January 8th, 1947 in Willimantic, Connecticut. So let's get into some history for that time. 1947 was an interesting year. The biggest happenings to hit the news included the Roswell UFO incident, where it is generally accepted that an unknown object crashed in the general vicinity of Roswell, New Mexico. The Air Force insisted it was a high-altitude surveillance weather balloon, though most everyone believes otherwise. Most believed that the military had covered up the recovery of an alien spacecraft, including alien lifeforms. Also in 1947, the Cold War began, which endured over four decades until the decline and eventual collapse of Eastern European and Soviet state communism in the late 1980s. You see, after the end of World War II, the Soviet Union began creating the Eastern Bloc, which mostly included countries it had successfully taken back from Nazi Germany control or, quote, satellite states of the Soviet Union. The United Nations also voted in favor of the creation of an independent Jewish state of Israel, To win their independence, underground Jewish militias waged a bitter guerrilla war against the British, including bombing attacks against British military headquarters. India and Pakistan gained their independence from Great Britain after the Indian Independence Bill went into effect. They had been under British rule for over 200 years. And as I've said a few times in the past, and to the great excitement and convenience of serial killers everywhere, the Polaroid camera was first demonstrated. The camera could take and develop a physical black and white photo in just 60 seconds, and they began flying off of the shelves. Side note, they were able to do color photographs in 1963. Some other famous people born in 1947 include Hillary Clinton, David Bowie, Farrah Fawcett, Elton John, David Letterman, O.J. Simpson, and THE Stephen King. So, this was the atmosphere that William was born into. Now, William was the second of three sons born to Robert Bonin and Alice Coate. Robert Jr. was three years older than William Paul, three years younger. Robert, the father, was born in 1919 in Willimantic, Connecticut as well. William's mother, Alice, was born in Norwich, Connecticut in 1920. Now, with regards to his parents' lives prior to marriage and children, it was said that Robert had served in World War II and what he saw or experienced was intense. After returning from war, he worked as a machinist and had evolved into being an abusive alcoholic and gambling addict who preferred to spend a lot of time with other veterans. William's mother, Alice, it was said, had endured the unthinkable as a child by being regularly sexually abused by her own father, and he continued to push the same behavior onto her after she married Robert. But Alice was reportedly also an alcoholic and a bingo addict, which, for those who listen and aren't from the States, is just another form of gambling, and was said to have some pretty severe mood swings. So both of his parents were usually not around much, leaving William and his brothers in the care of their maternal grandfather, you know, the one that had sexually abused their mother, And really, the grandfather had been a convicted child molester. Time spent at home, according to Alice's later testimony, was sometimes met with the boys and herself being beaten by Robert after heavy drinking. But again, Alice was no saint herself. Sources describe her as having been, quote, overbearing, codependent, and passive, end quote. I saw again and again Alice being described as moody and often bedridden, seldom having the energy to cook meals for the children. So in summation, when Robert and Alice were around, they were often drunk, fighting, Alice too ill to even get out of bed and Robert being quite physically abusive to his wife and his three sons. And that's when they were even around. According to court documents, Both were usually always off gambling, leaving the three boys at home completely alone. A neighbor had later testified that he never saw the parents spending any real time with the boys, who were always hungry and were dressed in dirty clothes. The couple fought constantly, and due to Robert's gambling habits, he lost their family home in a high-stakes poker game in 1950 when William was just three years old and they were forced to move in with Alice's parents. But never you fear, Robert was then able to continue to drink and gamble. When William began attending school at St. Mary's Catholic School, the staff began reporting that he was aggressive toward other students, not paying attention in class, and sometimes didn't bother to come to school at all. Both Robert And Alice began hearing all about how William and Robert Jr. were both delinquents. So when William was six years old, Alice began suspecting that her father, whom she had left her boys with to watch at times, was molesting her sons. I cannot make these things up, guys. So she decided, rather than do the right thing by sobering up, getting her children away from their abusive father... Taking back control of parenting her children, making that sacrifice for her beloved children she brought into this world, she thought it a better idea to leave them in a Catholic orphanage. Now this place, here we go. The Franco-American school was, and still is, though it is closed, located in Lowell, Massachusetts. In June 1908, the missionary Oblates of Mary Immaculate purchased the estate with the intention of providing a home for orphaned children. It was written on FrancoLowellMA.wordpress.com, Since its inception in 1908, the growth of the institution was prodigious. In addition to a nurturing and safe environment, The orphanage offered its young residents a solid spiritual and academic foundation, as well as cultural and social advantages. Its personnel, ever sensitive to the needs of the time, soon extended its services to children of neighboring parishes and cities, in the late 1950s, day students were admitted among the residents and received educational training as well as extended care options for both before and after school hours, End quote. However, this was not young Williams' experience while residing there. Alice dropped him and Robert Jr., his older brother, off there around 1953. Again, William was six Robert Jr. was nine. Now, one source said it was William and his younger brother, Paul, but either way, this place was well known for its very strict and severe discipline it used against the children housed there for even the most minor of infractions. Some of these punishments included harsh beatings, repeatedly having to walk up and down staircases until complete exhaustion partial drowning in sinks filled with ice water and even being forced into what is called quote stress positions stress positions are also known as submission positions which place the body in such a way that a great amount of the body weight is balanced on just one or two muscles to put it into perspective This form of torture was used on the Viet Cong soldiers that were caught, and it leads to muscle failure. Some were even allegedly threatened with knives by older children, had their heads dunked into toilets, and of course, the hematomas on their bodies from the beatings received by the nuns. But it is interesting to note that records kept by the staff indicated that William seemed to function well under the controlled environment. What they weren't aware of is that he was physically assaulted by other children there, and the adults who were there to observe and protect turned a blind eye. After about a year of enduring the abuses of the other kids, he later said a 13-year-old orphaned boy had protected him from another incident had escorted him to the bathroom, where William gave in and agreed to perform oral copulation as a sort of twisted reward. But William would only perform if the older boy had his hands bound behind him with a towel so that he could not touch William during his um, performance. During the sex act, however, the boy freed his own hands, tied William up, performed fellatio on him, and attempted to rape the young boy who was now only seven years old. After this, William decided he never wanted to let this happen to him again. He later said that the nuns would force him to punch the fence repeatedly when he misbehaved, but he said none of the staff ever sexually assaulted him. However, he was not permitted to see his older brother as they were deliberately kept separate. But it is important to note that neither of his parents came to visit him while he was at the orphanage, not once. So he began to fear that his parents were both dead. He later told psychologist Dr. Von de Pelto quote, In my life, I never had nobody to help me. My father used to beat the shit out of me. My mother never stopped him. She put me in one of those boys' homes, and I got raped by these older guys. End quote. Finally, in 1955, when William was eight years old, his mother came to get him and Robert Jr., and they returned home. Home was now a house owned by the pedophile grandfather, mind you, in Mansfield, Connecticut. He joined his younger brother at Annie Vinton Elementary School. The two were also observed just roaming about in town. His new classmates would later say that William was a flat-out juvenile delinquent who was always in trouble when he bothered coming to school at all. They said he dressed poorly, appeared unkempt, was aggressive toward his peers, was isolated, with no friends, and was bullied for this behavior. He would later confess that he realized he was becoming sexually attracted to younger children and male teachers, which was part of the self-imposed isolation. So, one neighbor attempted to be good to the boys by offering them food, which they said the boys ate very quickly, as if they were nearly starving, and would wash their clothes for them. This same neighbor witnessed William throwing sharp darts at his younger brother, who had been ordered to stand against a tree. And again, Alice left the boys to be supervised by her father or Robert Jr. when he was older, but he had often been the heaviest receiver of their father's intense beatings for trying to stand up for their mother, and he then turned around and belittled and beat his younger brothers as well. And really, this sums up both of their parents. While Robert Sr. was physically abusive, Alice was described as often being very domineering and displayed emasculating behaviors toward William in particular. So to vent off some frustration, William began stealing metal tags from license plates and at just 10 years old, He was arrested for this and various other little crimes and was sent to a juvenile detention center. Whilst there, it was said that he was molested by an adult counselor. And after he was released and went back home, he began molesting his younger brother, Paul, who finally told his mother what he was doing and William was forced to sleep in his own room. And this certainly seemed to stave off the behavior toward his little brother, but he just went on to fondling and orally copulating younger boys. He even exposed himself to a 10-year-old girl. Now, as William came into his teens, he entered middle school and was said to be completely reclusive. His grades were quite low and sources said that at this point he tried to have a sexual encounter with one of his female cousins. It was in 1960 that Alice finally kicked their father out of the house. William was 13 years old. She went to court and won custody of the boys, stating Robert was an unfit father, called out his spousal abuse, and quote, frequent drunken absences. And then, just like that, they got back together after Robert got a pretty good job offer as a machinist in Torrance, California. So they uprooted the boys and moved out west. William went to North High School in Torrance and again was described as isolating himself. He was considered a social outcast, but younger brother Paul describes him differently, saying he seemed to be a caring brother that he would, quote, give the clothes off his back. If he had a bag of candy, he gave it away, end quote. But William himself would later go on to say that he was quite uncomfortable around his classmates and kids his age, and sources said that he never really was able to maintain any real close friendships throughout his teen years. He did, however, spend many a night at the local bowling alley and enjoyed that so much that he didn't get much sleep and he would be observed sleeping in class. But under the surface, he became fixated on pedophilia to the point of obsession. The compulsion was nearly unbearable, and yet he kept his feelings for young boys a secret and for obvious reasons. He knew he was homosexual, and though he didn't outwardly discuss it, Alice picked up on it, and they would frequently fight about it. She believed his preference towards men to be curable. And it wasn't that he didn't try. He did work up the courage to ask a girl out on a date, but was, of course, rejected, and this humiliated him deeply. At that moment, he decided he would never let a girl hurt him like that again. And yet, to appease his mother... He did begin dating a girl when he was 17, but said he never felt completely comfortable with her. But it was also during this time that the compulsions became too much, and William began luring and molesting several of the neighborhood children, and though I don't believe she witnessed any of this, it was said that his mother constantly worried that William would get caught and get in serious trouble for crimes against children. So she did what any good Catholic mother does. She prayed. She later said she warned him about his behaviors and that, of course, would start a fight. And finally, she kicked him out of the house and he did what many of the people do that we talk about. He joined the Air Force. And that was his childhood. There's so much here, quite frankly. I don't know where to begin. To say that there is at least some intergenerational trauma at play here would be an understatement. Alice herself had been sexually abused by her own father most of her life until she married Robert. I wasn't immediately able to find out how old they were when they were married, but if I were a guessing gal, I'd say she would have been in a bit of a hurry to get out and away from her father. Any type of child abuse is, of course, horrific, but child molestation is one of the most damaging types of abuse a child can suffer. It almost always affects a victim for the rest of his or her life in varying ways. This can include post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a common condition among combat veterans, which is something Robert could also have suffered from after World War II, and also individuals who have had traumatic or abusive experiences. PTSD triggers the fight-or-flight reflex, causing the individual to relive their past traumas and can have difficulties adjusting to normal life. And we know that some people who suffer from depression are born with the condition. Victims of abuse can develop depression as a result of their experiences, People with depression often report a lack of motivation, lack of energy, hypersensitivity, emotional distress, and general feelings of unhappiness as symptoms of their condition. They can have behavioral and social problems, suffer with low self-esteem, such as feeling dirty or damaged because of what has been done to them. They may even unfortunately, begin to believe they did something to deserve it. Some children who are molested may even try to act out their experiences on others, though we have no knowledge of Alice doing any of that. But it's not out of the realm of possibility, is it? And of course, victims of molestation who do not receive proper treatment can develop various mental health issues that make their future adult life quite Difficult, And then I believe in the case of Alice, they have trouble with inappropriate or extreme emotional responses to stress as adults as well. And we know she was prone to moodiness and so on. And this was William's mother before she had even had any children. I didn't really find anything about Robert's childhood or background in the time I had, so we don't have anything to go on with him. We know he was a World War II veteran and his experiences stuck with him. He preferred to spend his personal time with other veterans where he could better relate. So together, we have a father who most likely suffered with PTSD, was a full-blown alcoholic, and a mother with serious childhood trauma who also liked to drink and both coped with their demons by gambling, fighting, and of course we know Robert physically abused his wife as well. I'm sure all of us have heard of the term intergenerational trauma, but as a very quick overview, according to MindSupport.edu, quote, The term intergenerational trauma refers to trauma that is not only experienced by one person, but extends from one generation to the next. It was first recognized in 1966 by a Canadian psychiatrist, Vivian M. Rakoff, MD, and colleagues, who documented high rates of psychological distress among children of Holocaust survivors. Since then, Holocaust survivors and their children have been the most widely studied. Nevertheless, in theory, any type of extreme and prolonged stress can have adverse psychological effects, not only on the first-hand sufferers, but also on their progeny, resulting in clinical anxiety, depression, and PTSD." I'm not saying that this is the case here, but it is something to think about. William and his brothers were born into this sort of mix. We've talked a fair bit about child abuse and the absolute disastrous outcomes that can happen. Not even touching the surface of the immediate physical injuries children experience. Okay, but childhood abuse can be linked to later physical psychological and behavioral consequences these consequences may be independent of each other but they also may be interrelated abuse and or neglect may actually stunt the physical development of the child's brain and lead to serious psychological problems low self-esteem as we've said high risk behaviors and so on The outcomes of abused and neglected children differ widely and are affected by a combination of factors, including the age of the child and developmental status when the maltreatment occurred. Type, frequency, duration, and severity, all of that comes into play. And with William, well, he had nearly all of that in spades. We have severe physical abuse by his father, witnessing the same abuse inflicted upon his mother and brothers we have rather serious neglect in that his parents were not around much to perform the most basic of parental duties such as feed them and make sure that they were clean we have a mother who suffered being molested by her own father then leaving her children with this same man to watch so she could go drink and play bingo or suffer with what I surmise was depression, debilitating her to the point that she couldn't get out of bed. And when it really all became too much, again, rather than her or Robert stepping up to the plate and sacrificing for the children they brought into this world, she dumped William and his older brother, Robert Jr., off at an orphanage. So just let that marinate in your mind for a moment. So William went from a tumultuous, abusive, and neglective home to a place where the nuns used horrible punishments to try to make the children submit. And by the way, just from personal experience, threatening and beating children into submission is not the way to go. The punishments inflicted upon the children there were horrific absolutely horrific and william left one situation where it was heavily suggested his grandfather was most likely molesting him to the orphanage where a boy older than him took sexual advantage of him nearly raping him when he was just six years old and other boys raping him my god he was abandoned in that orphanage for three years and eventually believed his parents to be dead, which is a whole other issue. But he and his brother were retrieved and moved to California. Now, what might have been a fresh start for this family did not turn out to be so. His parents continued their madness back and forth. And as William edged ever closer to puberty, he realized he was gay He withdrew nearly completely from the world and a sexual predation of younger boys began. And while he did have moments of clarity and kindness, it would appear that as he got into his upper teens, he became all consumed with his sexual desires for young boys. Now, I have been planning on doing a podcast to tackle the subject of pedophilia, but today is not that day. But I wanted to mention that, according to the National Library of Medicine National Center for Biotechnology Information, a study was conducted that begged the question, does sexual abuse in childhood cause pedophilia? This study was explored by examining retrospective self-reports of 344 males, 77 heterosexual pedophiles, 51 non-pedophilic sex offenders against children, 36 sex offenders against physically mature females, 75 heterosexual paid volunteers who erotically preferred mature females, and 51 homosexual clients who preferred mature males. The analysis demonstrated that pedophiles who admitted having an erotic interest in children significantly more often claimed that they had been sexually abused as children than pedophiles who did not admit having such feelings. So interpret that as you will. If there ever was a case of nature and nurture where we could say that a child barely stood a chance... I believe this would be the one. And this concludes part one of the story of William Bonin. Tune in next week for part two. Yeah, anybody who killed more than two or three people was a mass murderer. And whether it was all at one place or over an extended period of time, And then, uh, in the early 80s they came up with this differentiation called serial killing.